We started our series with the first miracle when Jesus turned the water into wine, and this was when Jesus granted the request of his mother. And today we're going to look at not Jesus' second miracle, but the second miracle in Cana, which came by the request of a father in John chapter 4. In John 4, we read about the healing of the royal official son. Jesus is met at Cana by a father from Capernaum who travels roughly 20 miles away. And this dad heard about Jesus' miracles and came that 18 to 20 mile distance to intercede for his son who was dying. You see, many of us can relate to this father and how we know because it was his son, how many know you can relate to this because we will go great distances and great lengths to great extremes to assist our family, especially when it comes to our children. John 4, 43 to 54, we're going to read, and I'm going to stop after 45, but it says, now after the two days, he departed from there and went to Galilee, for Jesus himself testified that a prophet has no honor in his own country. So when he came to Galilee, the Galileans received him, having seen all the things that he did in Jerusalem at the feast, for they also had gone to the feast. Again, we see Jesus displaying honor as he did with the first miracle that he ever did. We see Jesus displaying honor in a place where he himself had no honor. We know the first miracle Jesus ever did Uh, He honored his mother by taking the weight of the problem. Remember, to honor someone is to shift the weight, come on, to someone who's willing to take the weight. Come on, how many know God's willing to take the weight of your issues, the weight of your problem? By taking the weight of the problem when the wine ran out. And now, in John chapter 4, he's about to honor a father who has traveled a great distance to ask Jesus to come and heal his son. Here's a thought I want to give you before we get deeper in this word. It would benefit us to learn from the ministry of Jesus the power of ministering in the opposite spirit. Come on, where there's no honor, come on, we bring honor. Where there's no peace, we bring peace. Come on, where there's chaos, we bring peace. You see, Jesus created an atmosphere for miracles with a kingdom attitude of honor. He himself was without honor in his hometown, yet he honored others through miracles. Verse 45, so when he came to Galilee, the Galileans received him, having seen all the things that he did. They received him based on what he did. You see, they welcomed Jesus for what he did, but they didn't honor Jesus for who he really was. I find it interesting how how easy it is for us to welcome Jesus into our lives as long as he's doing the things we want him to do for us. You see, the purpose of Jesus' ministry of signs, miracles, and wonders are to ultimately reveal the nature and character of God so that we might know him and draw near to him. In other words, you can experience the miraculous and walk away the same. 
It happens throughout the Bible. Matthew 7, 22 to 23 says, Many will say to me in the day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in your name, cast out demons in your name, done many wonders in your name, and then I will declare to them, I never knew you. Depart from me, you who practice lawlessness. Now listen, hear my heart here. This verse is not an excuse to shy away from miracles. It's an exhortation to be lovers of God, not just doers of God. You see, Jesus was saying, you like what I do, but you refuse to believe who I am. You receive me, but you really don't believe who I am. You see, I believe as we continue in this series and Listen, I pray that your expectation level, come on, will climb a few notches, that you will have an expectancy, yes, that God will meet you maybe with a miracle or intervene in your life with a miracle. But listen, let's not lose sight of the purpose of the miracle. You see, it's important that we don't miss the revelation of who God is in the midst of all he does. So what has God done? Or who has God revealed himself to be in your life? What has God done? Usually we can come up with a list. God's done this for me, this for me, this for me, that for me, this for me, that for me, this, this, and that. But if I asked you, who has God revealed himself to be in your life, what would you say? Would you say merciful? Would you say compassionate? What is God trying to reveal about himself? Come on, so that you can relate to him better, amen? He wants to reveal the fullness of who he is, not just partly who he is. A really good question to ask ourselves is how has God been revealing himself to you the past 30, 60, 90 days. Not what, he's, what has he done for you, come on, but who has he revealed himself to you the past 30, 60, or 90 days? I think one of the greatest revelations I've had the last two years as a leader in the midst of all that God has done at RLC is that God is my shield, Psalm 84, 11, for the Lord God is a sun, S-U-N, and shield. In other words, on my darkest day, he's shining his favor upon my life. Listen, I don't have to defend myself because how many know he's my shield and my buckler? Come on. For the Lord God is a sun and shield. The Lord will give grace and glory. No good thing will he withhold from those who walk uprightly. Psalm 28, 7, the Lord is my strength and my shield. You want to know my leadership secret? Here's my leadership secret. The Lord is my strength and my shield. My heart trusted in him and I am helped. My leadership secret is this. I didn't do it by myself. Come on. Therefore, my heart greatly rejoices and with my song, I will praise him. As we continue in this miraculous story In verse 46, it says, So Jesus came again to Cana of Galilee, where he had made the water wine. And there was a certain nobleman or royal official whose son was sick at Capernaum. 
When he heard that Jesus had come out of Judea to get into Galilee, he went to him and implored him to come down and heal his son, for he was at the point of death. Then Jesus said to him, unless you people see signs and wonders, will you by no means believe? And the nobleman said to him, sir, come down before my child dies. And Jesus said to him, go your way, your son lives. And then he inquired of him, And as he was going down, his servants met him and told him, saying, your son lives. Then he inquired of them the hour when he got better. And they said to him, yesterday at the seventh hour, the fever left him. So the father knew that it was at the same hour in which Jesus said to him, your son lives. And he himself believed and his whole household. This again is the second sign Jesus did when he had come out of Judea into Galilee. Back to verse 46, so Jesus came to Cana of Galilee where he had made the water wine and there was a certain nobleman whose son was sick at Capernaum. Now Capernaum was, listen, 18 to 20 miles away from Cana. This would be equivalent to a half or full marathon. How many of you know no distance is too far to travel when you're desperate for God to do something in your life? It says, when he heard, he went. When he heard, he went and implored him. He went and he got desperate for God to move in his life. How many know faith comes by hearing? You see, this father heard Jesus was within a 20-mile radius. How many know we have full access to Jesus right in the here and now? Listen, we don't got to travel 20 miles, but this father heard Jesus was within a 20-mile radius, and he didn't delay in closing the distance. And I don't know, listen, if you're here this morning and you're feeling like you're far away from the Savior this morning, but listen, Jesus wants to be up close in your life. He wants to be up all in your business all up responds to God's anointed utterance of the anointed one. You see, the father of this sick boy started hearing about Jesus. And listen, he started walking toward. It's going to be worth the walk. God's going to reveal himself to you, even if you currently don't know where you're going. I mean, no, faith is all about not knowing where you're going sometimes. It's all about the unknown. It's all about the unfamiliar. God is going to reveal himself to you, even if you currently don't know where you're going or how it's going to turn out. God is taking you, you and I into unfamiliar territory. Why? Because faith works best in foreign places. Faith works best, listen, when you don't have the answers to everything. Faith works best when you don't understand the language. Have you been on a missions trip? And you have to use the restroom. That's when faith kicks in right there, right? You see, nothing kills faith quicker than the familiar. You and I will never grow closer to Jesus if we always have an understanding, if we always have an explanation. And listen, we always have an answer for everything. As you walk, faith will talk. How many know that's true? Doubts will arise. Sure they will. You will question yourself. You bet you will. But if you will just listen to God on your way to the way maker, God will build up your faith on this faith journey. And I believe as this father was walking, his faith was rising. 20 miles of convincing himself 
that God was going to touch his son. You see, we have to understand, and this, listen to my heart here, we have to understand that many times our miracle is in the marathon. Our miracle is in the marathon. In other words, we can't stop walking. We can't stop running the race. We can't let something cut in on us because we're going somewhere in Jesus' name. You see, we always want microwave miracles where it doesn't take patience, where it doesn't take endurance, where it doesn't take long suffering. We want the fix without the fruit. I like what Pastor Isaiah said last week. He said, miracles aren't just to fix you, they're meant to mark you. Now I'm all for the instantaneous. How many like instantaneous? I'm all for the miraculous power of God on display, but friends, if all we are promoting as Christians is the instant, the quick, and the suddenly, I'm afraid we will produce too many two-minute believers that abandon the faith when life gets difficult. Too many two-minute believers, listen, that'll walk out on their marriage when things get rough. Too many two-minute believers that quit the faith because they don't have the endurance. They don't have they don't know what it means to be long-suffering, which, by the way, these words are biblical as well. Leads me to my second point. Faith makes me fearless and gives me confidence to boldly ask God for the impossible. Faith makes me fearless and gives me confidence to boldly ask God for the impossible. Verse 48, so Jesus said to him, unless you see signs and wonders, you will not believe. Now, if you look at the word you, he wasn't just talking he just wasn't talking to the royal official. He was talking to everybody else who was around as well. And the official said to him, sir, come down before my child dies. In other words, Jesus was addressing the crowd, and the royal official said, um, excuse me. How many know sometimes we've got to lift our voice? Come on. How many know sometimes we've got to cry out? Sometimes we've got to lift our voice so we'll be heard. The official said to him, sir, come down before my child dies. In other words, he said, oh God, I'm different from all these other folks. Please don't refuse me. You see, I just completed a marathon to meet with you because my son needs you. Jesus, I've heard about you and I'm not leaving without you. You see, you have to understand the boldness of this father. It's not mentioned in this passage, but whether his dad was a Jew or a Gentile or what I like to say, an insider Jew or an outsider Gentile, but either way, being a servant of Herod's court would just be a little better than being a Gentile. What I want us to see today is the scandalous nature of God's grace that precedes the miraculous. How many know miracles are for misfits? Come on, signs are for sinners. Hello, wonders are for the wild ones so that they, why? So that they might believe. Hebrews 4.16 says, let us then fearlessly and confidently and boldly draw near to the throne of grace, the throne of God's unmerited favor to us sinners. How many sinners do I have in the building? That we may receive mercy for our failures and find grace to help in good time for every need. Everybody say every need appropriate help and well-timed help. How many know there's a well-timed help coming just when we need it? 
You see, faith caused this man to leave the courts of royalty, abandon his dignity and humility, find himself at the feet of Jesus in the courts of his presence. He went from the courts of Herod, come on, to the courts of his presence at the feet of Jesus. Verse 50, Jesus said to him, go, your son will live. Everybody repeat that after me. Say, go, your son will live. The man believed the word that Jesus spoke to him and went on his way. What I want to ask you today is what's dying in your life that Jesus is declaring will live? What's dying a slow death in your life that Jesus is declaring this morning it will live? He said, go, your son will live. This morning I say, go, your business will live. Go, your career will live. Go, your marriage will live. Go, your dream will live. Go, your ministry will live. Go, 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 go. Don't stop, just keep going, going, going until you find yourself at the feet of Jesus. It leads me to my third point. Faith causes me to trust God's word for my turnaround. Faith causes me to trust God's word for my turnaround. That's that's the point of our painting this morning, the turnaround. Everybody say the turnaround. Come on, the turnaround. I'm going to get this one day. The turnaround. Come on, let's give it up for our artists. Come on. You see, when the royal official heard the voice of Jesus, the voice translation says it like this. When he heard the voice of Jesus, faith took hold of him and he turned to go home. I love that. How many know when you take Jesus at his word, how many know his word will take hold of you? When Jesus spoke the word, listen, the father believed the word. As soon as this man believed, listen, as soon as he believed, he turned around. I love this because it's really prophetic. As soon as he believed the word, he turned around. And little did he know, simultaneously, things were turning around at home. Listen, when you and I believe, listen, you might not be aware, but things are turning around in your finances. Things are turning around in your business. Things are turning around at your job when we dare to believe God on his word. A turnaround, listen, begins as soon as I, you and I put our trust in the words of Jesus. I've heard testimony after testimony about people trusting God's word in regards to their giving, in regards to their relationships, in regards to their jobs, in regards to their churches. And as soon as they begin to believe and trust, they experience a turnaround. Amen? And I love this miracle because the father believes the word. Come on. And all the way back home, his son receives the healing. He believes the word, and his son receives the word of his healing. I love that. Isaiah 55, 11, so shall my word be that goes forth out of my mouth. It shall not return to me void without producing any effect useless, but it shall accomplish that which I please and purpose, and it shall prosper in the thing for which I sent it. I love this illustration because before he he turns to go back home, 
hoping to see his boy healed. He didn't know if it was going to be a process. He didn't know. He didn't have any idea. And before, listen, before he could get back home, his servants met him halfway. Come on. Have you know what God sends his word to do? Come on, we'll meet you at the halfway point. God will encourage you with the good news that you need. It was already coming back to him. He hadn't even made it home yet. Verse 51, as he was going down, his servants met him and told him that his son was recovering. So he asked them the hour when he began to get better, and they said to him, yesterday at the seventh hour, the fever left him. The father knew, listen to that, the father knew that was the hour when Jesus said to him, your son will live. It leads me to my fourth point. Faith in what God does leads me to a greater revelation of who God is. Faith in what God does leads me to a greater revelation of who God is. Listen, God never intended our lives, listen, to live from Sunday to Sunday, from miracle to miracle, from sign to sign, from wonder to wonder. How you know he is our wonder? How you know Jesus is our sign? How you know Jesus is our miracle? Jesus, listen, he never intended us to live in that way. He wanted, listen, he brings the miracle, he brings the sign, he brings the wonder, what? To reveal himself to us. Verse 53, the father knew that was the hour. Everybody say the father knew. That was the hour when Jesus said to him, your son will live. This father was blown away as you and I would be blown away as well, that his son was healed at the exact time Jesus spoke the word. Everybody say revelation. You see, this miracle revealed that God is not limited by time or space. How many of you thankful for that? I have an aunt right now. She is undergoing heart surgery today in Houston, Texas. And how you know, my prayers right now are meeting her right in that hospital room as we speak. It doesn't matter how far away I am because my God can be here and there at the same time. Come on, he knows no distance. Listen, the miracle refute that God is not limited by time or space Listen, and and this is what I want us to catch. The theological terms for that is God revealed his divine, incommunicable attribute that God is eternal. Come on, he's timeless. How many know he created time? And he is omnipresent. So it doesn't matter if God calls you to lead a church at the age of 49 when you thought the best time would have been when you were 33. I'm talking about myself right now, all right? Turn 49 next week, all right? It doesn't matter how far you are away from your family situation or circumstance. He is Lord over time and space. God can redeem time. I can tell you this. I can testify this. Listen, God has done more in my life the last two years than the last 10 years. Come on, when I thought I was just an old, washed up, overlooked preacher, come on. Have you know God had it on his heart that I'd pastor this church one day? Okay, seven of you believe it, but that, that's the truth. That's the truth. I Listen, I thought, I thought leading, when we came to Sacramento, we came to plant a church. We came to start a church. And then we went through, we were on staff at this church, we were on staff at Jesus Culture, and Jesus Culture started blowing up, and I was like, I'm good. 
I live in Folsom. Jesus culture moved to Folsom. Perfect fit, right? But how do you know when you get comfortable, God's about to take you out of the comfort zone, right? And God, basically what he was saying, he said, Dean, I know you thought your time was when you were 33, but I've been waiting, come on, to develop some things in you, come on, to bring you to a place that's going to need you at the perfect time. Everybody say the perfect time. You see, God can make up the distance and time standing between you and your miracle by simply trusting his word. Because listen to this, faith travels. Everybody say faith travels. Verse 53, the second half. It says, and he himself believed and all his household. How many know if we would have just stopped at the healing of the son, which is a great miracle, we would have missed the greatest miracle at the end of the story. And this is what I want us to get. This is what I want us to understand. It says, he himself believed and all his household. You see, as soon as he turned around and things simultaneously turned around at home and his servants came and met him along, along the way, listen, he no longer believed in, what only, in only what Jesus could do for him. Something clicked, and he understood that Jesus was who he says he was that he is the great I am. Come on, how we know he is the great I am? That he is Jehovah Rophe. Come on, in the Old Testament, listen, every time Jesus, come on, every time God does a miracle, he reveals what? Who I am, right? We say Jehovah Jireh all the time, but how many know there was a ram in the thicket, amen? God revealed himself as Jehovah Jireh, and on and on and on and on. You see, As I close, revelation leads me to a more intimate relationship with Jesus. You see, the real miracle is when the revelation becomes a personal invitation for you and I to have a relationship with Jesus. If our team would come, revelation leads me to more intimate relationship with Jesus. You see, the real miracle is when the revelation becomes a personal invitation for you and I to have a relationship with him. Yes, he's your healer, but how you know God wants to be your personal physician? Yes, he's your provider, but how you know God wants to be your personal financial planner? You see, the miracle, here's the miracle. The miracle is when God makes it personal. It goes from God It goes from not only, God, what can you do for me? Come on. But God, who are you revealing yourself to be in my life? God is in this place today. And church, you may be in need of a miracle. But let me say this to you, the greatest thing that you would ever need is a revelation of who he is. Miracles are great. Signs are great. Wonders are great. The gifts of the Spirit are great. But they're all for one purpose, to reveal who Jesus is. And I believe he's speaking to many of us this morning. 
Maybe you haven't seen your miracle. Maybe you're like this father. It seems 20 miles away. But this morning, Jesus would say to you and I, will you just trust my word? Will you just believe my word? When you trust me, come on, the turnaround is coming. When you trust me at my word, your miracle is coming. I'm going to close the gap. I'm going to send my word and perform what I said it would do. But it's going to require for you. It's going to require you. Come on, to have a re- revelation of who I am.